You know, it's awesome to come to church and uh, not sense division, not sense strife, but to sense the love of God and the life of God and the peace of God. You know, the Bible talks about in Psalms 133, I believe it is, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity, to live together in unity, to be in community in unity, to serve in community, glory to God, and to worship in community. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Well, how many of you know that Jesus purchased your peace? And peace is a part of kingdom culture. We're called to live in and to walk in the peace of God. In Isaiah 53, he says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And of course, with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we are made whole. Hallelujah. So just as he took your sin, just as he took your disease, he also took your stress. He also took your anxiety, and he also took your torment. Jesus said in John 14, 27, and this is something that he wanted his disciples to grab hold of, because this is right before he was ready to offer his life as a sacrifice for all of humanity. He said in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I bequeath to you. Now this peace is not as the world gives, give I unto you. And notice with me, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's my responsibility. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, or cowardly, and unsettled. Now I want you to notice with me the word bequeath. The word bequeath is not a word that we use today so much, but the word bequeath means a gift or something that is left in a will. To leave or to give in a will. Well, we've got the word of God and is not the word of God his will. And in his will and in his word, he left us his peace. Now, if someone left you something in their will, would you not want to know what it is? You know, for you ladies, it might be some precious jewelry. For guys, it might be a car. Or even for all of us, how about a house? Amen. Now, one thing about being bequeathed or left something in a will, you got to show up, you got to turn out, and you got to claim it. Now, if somebody came along and said, no, 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 that doesn't belong to you, that belongs to me. No, you just open up the will. And you say, it is written, it's mine, not yours, and you can't have it. And the enemy walks about as a roaring lion trying to rip us off of our inheritance. But oh, thank God, we've got 66 books of exceeding great and precious promises that we can quote, that we can declare and walk in our inheritance. And part of your inheritance is the peace of God. Amen. Now, we know this for sure just by 
by living in a physical body, by human nature, there are peace robbers out there. Are there not? Jesus named a few of them. He named trouble. He named worry. He named fear. And then he says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated or disturbed. Lisa Combs Osteen, Joel's sister, said this. She says, you are the gatekeeper of your heart and mind. You decide what comes in and out. You decide what you're going to allow. So we know that the pressures come. Cares are going to come our way. Feelings and anxiety will come our way. But here's what Jesus said. You have authority. You've been given a name. And you do not have to let those things into your life. <clears throat> Say it with me. I'm not letting them in. I'm walking in the peace of God. So again, stop allowing yourself to be disturbed. Now we all know that there's disturbing circumstances, but also there's a few disturbing people out there. Need I mention them? Well, let's try it out for size. The clerk at the store. The waiter with an attitude. The line clutter at the grocery store. How about this? The rude person on the telephone. And we won't even begin to talk about disturbing drivers. How about that relative that pushes your buttons? Well, we do not have to be moved by the disturbances and the distractions, not only of circumstances, but we do not want to let people rob us of our joy. We do not want people to rob us of our peace. Oh, there's heaven's peace for earth's circumstances. There's heaven's peace for earthly cares. And we can live in and walk in kingdom peace every day of our lives. Jesus said in John 16 and in verse 33, he noticed with me, he says here, I have told you these things that in me you might have what kind of peace? Perfect peace and confidence. Now, in the world, you're going to have some tribulations and trials and distresses and frustration. But, but, go drink beer. Drown your sorrows. No, but be of good cheer. Be of good. That's what we've been doing all morning long. We are being of good cheer. And then he says, take courage, be confident. Certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Now since Jesus has overcome those things for us. He has qualified you and I to be overcomers. Overcomers. As a matter of fact, I'll just quote it to you. In 1 John chapter 5, 4, it says this. Whatsoever or whosoever is born of God. Say with me, I'm born of God. So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our trust, even our faith, even our confidence in the one who overcame for us. Folks, I'm telling you what. If it's in the world coming against your life, you can overcome it. You can whip it every time. 
Because He has overcome, we overcome. And that is a huge advantage that we have over this world's system. Because we've got a peace that comes from another place. What I want to talk to you about this morning, I want to give you five things that will help you stay in the peace of God. Stay in the peace of God. Number one, cast your cares on the Lord and keep them in His capable hands. Cast your cares upon Him and then keep, him, keep them in His capable hands. In 1 Peter chapter 5, and notice with me what it says in verse 7 and 8. He says, casting all your care upon Him. Why? Point to yourself and say, He cares for me. And because He cares for me, I can cast all my cares over on Him. So once you cast them over on him, make sure you don't take them back. And that's where the enemy comes in. Notice with me in verse 8 of that same verse. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Friends, don't let the cares of this life devour you. Don't let the cares of tomorrow rob you of today's joy. Don't let the cares of tomorrow rob you of today's peace. Roll the care of your future over into His hands. Amen. And as you do, enjoy today. Live life to the fullest today. Don't allow yourself to shut yourself away in fear and anxiety. Folks, there's too much life to enjoy. There's too much family to enjoy. There's too much church to enjoy. There's too much football to enjoy. I know I'm preaching good right now. I mean to tell you, don't allow yourself to shut down. That's the enemy's plan. That's the enemy's desire. He tried to shut us down, and he has not succeeded, and he will never shut us down. Amen. Because we will not shut up. Because we will not put up with the cares of this life. We are going to walk in and live in kingdom culture, having his peace saturating our being from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. He says, resist him in verse 9, steadfast with your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Don't think that you're experiencing something that no one has ever experienced. That's also a big lie of the enemy. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. God is there for you. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is there. He will never leave you without support. He is for you. He is on your side. And He's living in you. Amen. And He's going to take you through those things that the enemy is trying to bog you down and hold you back in. So notice with me. We resist those things. We resist taking back those cares with the Word of God. Here's what Psalms 55, 22 says. 
He says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. Releasing the weight of it is the opposite of holding on to it. And He will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, to fall, or to fail. I want to encourage you, don't allow these cares to settle on your shoulders. Don't allow them to break you down. Don't allow them to cause you to lose sleep. You know, the Bible says He gives His beloved sleep. We should be sleeping well at night, not tossing and turning, worrying about what happened during the day, or worrying what might happen tomorrow. Now, the word sustain, everyone, He says, He's sustaining me. Psalms 55, 22 says it this way in the CEB. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. And what will he do? He will support you. As you cast your burden on the Lord, he will, he will support you. Now the word sustain there means to keep you, to nourish you, to feed you. How many of you like to be fed? He will provide you. Do you love his provision? So you should not be worrying about your finances. If you're seeking first the kingdom of God, and if you're doing everything that you know to do according to the word of God, you have a biblical right to stand on Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He is my provider. So he will keep you. He will nourish you. He will feed you. He will provide for you. And then he will guide you. He will hold you and he will sustain you. So if you want to maintain this peace, cast your burdens over on the Lord and make sure that you keep them there. Number two, be saturated in prayer. Everyone say, be saturated in prayer. The other morning, uh, Brenda shared this scripture with me and I'm going to share it with you right now. It's a familiar verse of scripture from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7. Of course, in the King James Version, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding, it'll keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Now that's good, isn't it? The Amplified says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But instead of worrying in everything, pray. Now, I love the Passion Translation, so would you please read it with me? Ready? Read. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Stop right there. Notice that phrase. Be saturated in prayer, not just when you come to a prayer meeting. Not just when you come to church. It's good to receive a saturation. It's good to receive a corporate anointing. We've all received today. But we don't live in this building. We live outside of this building. And so he says, one of the keys from us not being pulled and distracted in different directions or worried about a single thing is be saturated in prayer throughout every day. So I want to encourage you to develop a prayer life if you don't have one. 
And I want to encourage you, those that have been walking with the Lord for many, many years, don't let the scripture slip that says in Luke that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray, we could say it this way, and not turn cowardly. Or men ought always to pray and not turn yeller. The things that cause us to turn yeller, the things that make us cowardly are fearful things, anxious things, stressful thoughts. So he says, instead of doing that, instead of yielding to the fear and yielding to the worry, how about this? Be saturated in prayer throughout every day. I believe that every day we should be living in communion with the Lord. Now, how do we live in communion with the Lord? We do it different ways. Everybody's got their own way of living in vital communion with the Lord. For some, it's praise. For some, it's praying in the Holy Ghost. For others, it's God's Word dwelling in you richly. And for most of us, if it's all three at once. In other words, there's a saturation that comes into your soul. There's a presence that comes into your soul when these things try to get a hold of us. When we live in union with Him, when we live in prayer, the anointing takes over. The saturation presence of the Holy Spirit just, praise God, saturates us. Yesterday I was on my way to work out and I go to a workout place. Well, one of them anyway. I've got a couple of them. I go to a workout place probably about 10 miles away. And I drive the back way to go to the workout place. And I drive the back way because I like to take that time to pray. Amen. To pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I was driving and just praying in the Spirit, praying for you and praying about the services, praying for the country, praying for the nation, thoughts of fear came to my soul about certain areas in my life. Thoughts of fear. So I stopped right there and I said, Lord, I thank you that you said in your word, I'm not to be careful for anything. So I roll the care of that completely and entirely into your capable hands. But I'm not going to just stop there. Now I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost for about 10 seconds. Glory to God. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, not only will keep you in the love of God, but praying in the Holy Ghost will keep you in the peace of God. Praying in the Holy Ghost will position you to be saturated with the Spirit of God. And as He saturates you, you will not have a care, you will not have a fear, you will not have a worry, but you'll walk in the peace of God. Hallelujah. So I'm driving along. And I just I said, okay, Lord. I know where that's coming from. I'm not going to yield to that. I'm not going to let that trouble me. I'm just not going to do it. But instead, I'm going to pray about it. And then I prayed in the Holy Ghost for a moment or two. But then I started praying in English. And I'm saying, now, Lord, I'm asking you to give me wisdom concerning that area. Concerning that situation that I face. You know, we have not because we ask not. Wisdom is available to each and every one of us. The wisdom of God is on the inside of us. But God wants us to ask for His wisdom. So I said, Lord, I ain't worrying about that. I prayed in the Spirit. But now I'm asking you for the wisdom. I'm asking you to go before me. I'm asking you to work that situation out. How many of you know when you ask, He will do it? 
Amen. Somebody says, well, has it worked out yet? No, but it's in progress. And yes, by faith, it has worked out. So you can do this. Instead of stopping and just staring out into space and listening to thoughts about, oh, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do? We know what to do, folks. I said, we know what to do. We know to pray. We know to give praise. We know to be thankful to God and the peace of God. We didn't get through that verse, did we? Okay. I didn't know all that was in there. Let's read it together. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Verse 7. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So if you want to keep and maintain this peace that has been purchased and walk in kingdom culture, number one, give your cares to the Lord and keep them there. Number two, be saturated in prayer. Number three, Keep your mind stayed on him. In Isaiah chapter 26, I believe it is, in verse 3, in the Amplified Version, it says, Thou, in the King James, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, somebody says, I just can't help all these things that are happening in my mind. The reason why you can't help it is because you've talked yourself into not being able to help it. You can keep your mind stayed on Him. Your mind is your mind. You have the ability to stay focused. You have the ability to meditate on what God's Word says rather than what the enemy is telling you. And so this is what Isaiah was getting at. He says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That word perfect peace is a double whammy of shalom. Literally, perfect is the word shalom, and peace is the word shalom. And one person defines shalom as nothing missing and nothing broken. How many of you would like to have nothing missing and nothing broken in your life? So he says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. His part is to keep His part is to keep us in perfect peace. Our part is to keep our mind stayed on Him. One way that we keep our mind stayed on Him is through meditation. Notice with me, because He trusts in thee. Now we all know that our mind is something that we have to make sure that we are attending to diligently. Amen? Thinking about the problem. Speaking the problem, thinking and looking at and and saying the wrong things will affect your peace. But stay your mind on Him. I, I catch myself doing this very often. One way that I stay my mind on Him is I remind myself of who He is. I remind myself that He's my healer. I remind myself... That he's my provider. 
I remind myself, glory to God, that he's my shepherd. Say it with me. You are my healer. You are my righteousness. You are my provider. And you are my shepherd. Number four, how do we stay in the peace of God? How do we do that? We stay in peace by practicing patience. We stay in peace by practicing patience. Be patient. Here's what Jesus said about patience in Luke 21, 19. It says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Now, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind. It's your will and it's your emotions. And so he says, employ patience. Put patience to work. Amen? Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. So as we keep ourselves in patience, our emotions become settled. Our emotions are calm. Amen? Have you ever noticed that when you get impatient, it's so easy to get irritable? I mean, get upset and get frustrated. Back to bad drivers. I mean, you're out there on the road and you're yelling at them, giving them tips. That's a nice way of saying it. Just giving them driving tips, like you're the driver's trainer or something. Don't you know what the speed limit is? How can you be going 25 miles an hour in this fast lane? Guess what? They can't hear you. They can't hear you. And here's what's happening to you. Your blood pressure's getting raised up. And they just keep cruising along. At 25 miles an hour. Happy as a little clam. And then you gun it. Getting around them. Next thing you know, you're stopped by the highway patrol. It went from bad to worse when all the time if you just would have allowed patience to work your soul and your emotions would have been just fine so if you want to stay in peace be patient if you're impatient wondering what time this sermon is going to end just hold on Just be patient. (laughs) Lastly, if we want to stay in peace, there is something that you and I can fall back on, and that is His everlasting arms. The last point is lean on His everlasting arms. Anybody ever felt like they were ready to collapse because of pressure? fall into his everlasting arms knowing that he's there Deuteronomy 33 and verse 27 says this 
the eternal God. He is our refuge. Whoo, glory to God. He's our shelter. He's our high tower. He's our place of protection. He's our place of serenity. He's our place of peace. The eternal God is my refuge. Say that with me. The eternal God is my refuge. See, the world is looking in the wrong places for a refuge. The world is looking everywhere, here and there, trying to find the answer. But the only true refuge is in our Father God. The only true source of protection and provision and peace only comes from Him. The eternal God. He's your refuge. Now notice with me. It says, and underneath. Put your hands out like that. And underneath are His everlasting arms. Do you know this? That his everlasting harms are able to hold you up? I'm going to say that again. His everlasting arms are able to hold you up. The darkest night. The strongest storm. His everlasting arms will hold you. You see, it's the arm of the Lord that is revealed in the lives of those who will actually believe and receive the report that He's given to us. And the report that He's given to you and me is this, that He is upholding all things. Come on, somebody. He's upholding every one of us. He is upholding your family. He's upholding all things. Notice, by the word of His power. And if God is upholding the sun, the moon, the universe, the stars, don't you know that He can see us through what they're calling global warming? If God is upholding this whole universe, don't you know that we're not going to run out of resources? I mean, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But it's not going to come near you. Now, why is that? Because He's upholding all things by the word of His power. He's upholding you. He's upholding your soul. He's upholding your body. Oh, somebody shout amen on that. He's upholding your finances. Somebody says, well, I just got laid off, Pastor Mark. Well, aren't you glad that God's got something better for you? I said, aren't you glad that God's got something better for you? You got a better covenant. Glory to God. And in your better covenant is the very best that God's got for you. Underneath, folks, are His everlasting arms. He's upholding us. Oh, thank God for His upholding power. How many of you can testify today that you've been through a few things? You've been, I said you've been through some things. You went through the valley, but you didn't stay in the valley. 
Because there was someone in the valley who said, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. I'm going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death. And when you get to the other side, you can be a blessing to other people, and you can hold them up, and you can lift them up by the power of my word. Woo, glory to God. Underneath are His everlasting arms. His arms are strong. His arms are mighty. We serve Almighty God. Woo, glory to God. And He will strengthen you when you fall. Listen, folks. Don't be condemned because you've fallen. Just know this, that He's the glory and He's the lifter of your head. He's the glory and He's the lifter of your life. Stop looking at the past with regret and start gazing your fix upon the one who holds your future. I just sense in my spirit today He's holding us. He's holding us as a church. He's holding our lives. Underneath are His everlasting arms. Let's read the rest together. The eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. And He shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say... Yeah. The destroyer has come. Right? But when he holds you, he rises up on the inside of you. And the destroyer does not have a prayer. The enemy may come against you one way, but he's got to flee before you seven. Oh, there's a shelter. There is a refuge. There is a place in him where you become inaccessible to the enemy and to his plan for your life. Inaccessible are you in the secret place of the Most High. Psalms 91 verse 1 and 2 in the Amplified says it this way. And I'm going to wait till they get it there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Notice this shall remain stable. Shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose power no foe can withstand. Glory to God. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, is there power in faith-filled words? Faith-filled words, someone said many years ago, dominate the laws of sin and death. Faith-filled words cause the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus to be activated. And as it is activated, the law of lift goes into motion and lifts you up above this law of sin and death. You've been raised up together and made to sit together Him in the heavenly places. I encourage you to live, to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And He will lift you up above those things. I will say, say it with me, I will say. say. 
Well, what will you say? I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. He's my family's refuge. He's my son's and my daughter-in-law's refuge. He's my grandchildren's refuge. I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. Whoo, glory to God. Well, I don't know whether I helped you or not, but I preached myself happy today. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Say it again. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Glory to God. So stay in the peace of God. Cast your burdens on Him. Keep your mind stayed on Him. Be patient. Saturate your life in prayer. Hallelujah. And understand this, that underneath are those everlasting arms. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Glory to God. I want to help some of you this morning here pray in just a moment. Pastor Tom's going to come. It's only 1226. We're doing pretty good. It's actually 1126. 1226 could be extra innings, right? Man, I just want to say we love you and all of you that have come today. Hasn't it been a good time? Aren't you glad to come to church and just experience His presence? What a beautiful, what a beautiful worship set Pastor Tom and the gang brought together. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. The exhortations on the name of Jesus, the Word of God, it's so rich. It's so good to be here today. Let's lift up both hands toward the Lord and let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you don't want me to worry about anything. Therefore, I cast all my care. I cast my burden into your capable hands. Thank you, Lord. I purpose in my heart. It's my assignment from my pastor to be saturated this week in the spirit of prayer and in communion with you. Help me, Lord, that when the squeeze is on, to employ patience. For in the patience of God, my emotions will be settled. I'll be calm. I'll be quick and bright. I'll be sharp. The wisdom of God will freely flow. And I'll, ex- I'll know exactly what to do and when to do it. And I thank you, Lord, that I can lean on you. Leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Safe and secure. From all that would harm. Now lift your hands and let's worship him. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Do you have anything, honey? Thank you for giving me that scripture over coffee the other morning. I appreciate it. That's the benefit of having a beautiful wife in full-time ministry with you. You can steal her notes. 
Well, this is what just came up in my heart. Yes, lean on the ever, my everlasting arms. And don't lean unto your own understanding. There are some in here today that are in that place of making important decisions. Life-changing decisions. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. And in every day, acknowledge me. Saturate your day with my word and with my prayer. And the steps of a good man shall be ordered of the Lord. And he must sobrise. So don't lean him and say, don't get in the area of reasoning and trying to figure it out in your mind. But look into your heart. Hallelujah. And I surely will show you things to come and the things that you need to know, says the Spirit of God. What just came up? That's so good, you know. Thank you, Jesus. When we do that, when we lean to our own understanding, all sorts of reasonings come. Then what happens oftentimes is we get impulsive and we move ahead of where we should. That's the value of waiting on God. Wait on the Lord. That's the value mm-hmm. of being saturated Definitely. in the Word yeah. and in prayer. And following God. after peace. Following after yeah. peace. Yeah. The peace of God. The peace of God. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's how we came peace. out here in 1982. Absolutely. We followed after peace. Didn't make any sense in the natural realm. I, some of you know our story, but it did not make any sense in the natural realm. But when you have the peace of God, yeah. the peace of God that does what? We read it today. Passes all understanding. Yes. You don't have to understand it up here when you got peace down here. Oh, that's good. Amen. That's, tr- that's also true for people getting married. You got to fall after peace. You got to fall after. You don't want to just get married half caught. You want to follow after the peace of God. Yeah. Praise God. I'm glad that we had peace when we got married. <laughs> it took you longer to get it than me, but yeah. we both there. Some people were a little bit slow, but you know, we love yeah. them anyway. Well, I've, I've sped up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've sped up quite a bit. I'm quick and I'm bright. I'm sharp. Man, just look what I would have missed out on. God is so good to us. Amen.